0: It was just amazing. Ayahuasca really helped align me with my energetic expression. Because before ayahuasca, yeah, I was transitioning, but my family still referred to me as he. They still use my old name. Um, people here and there referred to me as he. At that point, I was just going through so much that I didn't even have like the power I didn't even care because I couldn't, cause I just did not have like the emotional capability to like, you know, be like, no, this is who I am. But ayahuasca really empowered me to, to align with my energetic expression in every way that I can. And 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 that's why it was just so beautiful from that moment on, I realized, and, and this is something that I am trying to teach trans people, that I think it's so important for trans people to know that once you align with your soul, with your energetic expression, with your spirituality, your physicality does not matter. People will perceive you as your energetic expression once it's powerful enough. It overtakes the physical. You know, like my physicality didn't change in the two weeks that I was in Costa Rica doing ayahuasca. But when I came back, everyone referred to me as she, everyone referred to me by Kenna. you know, I was a woman.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Soul Authentic Podcast. I'm Lynn Lee, I'm your host, and I'm joined with a special dear friend and sister, Kenna Keefe. I'm so excited as this is a dear friend that I met at an ayahuasca ceremony center just last year. And it feels like we've known each other for such a long time and we have such deep, high-conscious conversations and so I wanted to invite her on because she has so much medicine to bring into this space and you know just to give a brief introduction to to Kenna Kenna is a Latina trans woman from New York she's a plant medicine enthusiast a Reiki healer a fashion designer writer and a pioneer for transgender spirituality she is multi-dimensional you guys so i'm so excited to just invite her on and to speak about her journey to speak about transgender spirituality to just give us an understanding of her world and how fucking strong and resilient she is and so i'm so excited to have her on and without further ado kenna welcome
0: Hi, Lynn, Thank you so much for having me. Like, I love our conversations, and I'm so excited to be able to record our conversations in the digital realm. <laughs> yes. Um, Like you said, because that's so important, and I feel like so many other people can benefit from, from our conversations and our discussions, so I'm so happy to be here.
1: Whenever me and you get together, it just feels like I can hit record, and people can <laughs> right. People can tune in and learn something really deep about themselves and feel like they're not alone. This is why I made this platform of Soul Authentic, to really showcase people who are living their Soul Authentic essence and sharing what that means with other people, because we're really meant to inspire and empower each other through these journeys of life and being in the human experience. And so... Yeah, I'm so honored to have you on and finally get to record our conversation together. (laughs) (laughs) And so my first question to you, Kana, is what does it mean to be your true authentic self or your authentic self?
0: I love that term, authentic. And I think for me, I, as a trans woman, I am the embodiment of duality. And I think my authentic self is someone who embodies that duality in every aspect. I think the unique perspective of having lived as both a man and a woman and being perceived societally and in every way as a man and now as a woman, using that unique perspective to be of service and to help people and to really heal and raise the consciousness of Of individuals and of the collective as a whole, I think that's my authentic self
1: Mm. Yeah, I love that the embodiment of duality and we've talked about this too where we understand the dance between the masculine and the feminine, right? Mm -hmm. And me and our good friend Sarah always talk about how you embody the feminine so well You use the feminine as like this magical, seductive power and it's beautiful and it's art. Like that's what it really comes out of from you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And that's been part of my journey is like realizing that it has been integrating the dark feminine as well. That's been a huge part of my journey. And I've developed a really close relationship with Kali Mm. who is really representative of the dark feminine in general and, working with her has taught me that things like seduction which are usually seen seen um in the dark feminine Mm -hmm. they're actually can be used in such amazing ways and people usually think of the art of seduction in relation to men but what I've realized is that I can utilize the art of seduction and tap into that frequency to become a magnet for all of my desires and all of the things I want in life and to just become a a generator and a manifester. And it really is so much deeper than just attracting men. You know, it, it the art of seduction goes so much further than that. And people just see it as as this tool or like this manipulation tactic that women use to get money or to play men, but it's not that at all. You know, that's just what society has turned that into because they love society. The patriarchal society that we're in loves to paint a negative light on femininity, mm. particularly dark femininity. Yes, And once you, integrate the dark femininity you realize that there's so much power and there's so much ways you can use this in high frequency ways
1: yes yes (laughs) i'm like keep talking because it's (laughs) so true we live and we're coming from a severely oppressed feminine society the patriarchy has completely misconstrued the way that you know the feminine manifests herself and it's like been completely obscured by all these stories and all of these depictions of what femininity actually looks like, but she has so many aspects of herself. And, and so just to come back to Kalima and I love that Kalima Mm -hmm. is coming in here. So just for anyone that doesn't know who Kalima is, is that she's a goddess. She's a Hindu goddess of, just death and rebirth and complete dark feminine and destruction of what does not serve and what is not aligned. And she represents the wild woman and also being that dark, seductive power, but it's not for manipulation, just like what Ken is saying. It's for, in fact, stepping into her- Rebirth. Yes, rebirth rebirth and stepping into her own power of, I'm going to stand in my truth and no one's going to fuck with me in that. Truly. And I feel like that's what you bring out, truly, kind of like, for real.
0: (laughs) Yes, well, to touch on so many things, I think that um, working with Kalima actually has helped me transition spiritually and has allowed me to step into my power as a woman um, and really claim that and really embody that and be that and Another a couple things that I want to touch on here is that Kalima is also seen like as a tantric goddess in tantric practices. And one of the things that I'm working on, a project that I'm working on is translating these tantric practices that are usually, you know, told in cisgendered eyes and reframing that and translating these practices to be accessible for trans people and trans women so it's like for example yoni gazing is like a tantric practice that's super popular so it's like how can i translate that to something that is accessible and comfortable for trans women to do and mm. working with Kalima, you know, working hand in hand with her, she's giving me the answers to these questions and really allowing me to to pioneer this space for trans people. Mm. And and just in general, she is a goddess that throughout history has embraced queer and trans people and has literally helped them transition. So it, I think it's so vital for trans people to have these relationships with these deities that are helping us in our in our transition are helping us come out come up with the answers regarding our own bodies and our own spiritualities because there's so much limited research on it so i she's so special to me, like truly. Oh,
1: I love this so much, and I just want to ask you, like what are your practical tools of invoking her in your life? Like just for someone who wants to start working with her, like what do you do?
0: That's a cool, great question. Um, so I can start from the beginning of my relationship with Kali. It was she came to me very strongly during my first ayahuasca ceremony. Um, they were playing one of her mantras, and she i just felt her presence so strongly and since that point on like i just started researching about her i just started listening to her mantras jay Kali is an amazing popular mantra If anyone's interested just look it up on youtube and find the version that resonates with you the best and then just sing to her um you sing to her a chant and just really get into it and put your all and she will come to you. And the most amazing thing about Kali is that one of the best things that you can offer her is your emotions. If you're feeling angry, give her that anger. If you're feeling sad, give her that sadness and she will transmute it and give it back to you in a whole different beneficial way for you and your growth. But I also am an advocate of working with deities that come to you, that want to work with you. Don't try and force relationships with deities, let them come to you, tap into your higher self and see what type of energies are willing to work with you. So Kalima is someone who works with me and has helped me with my transition, but perhaps another deity is, more, is able to help you better. Um, so it's all about just listening to your intuition, especially in regards to working with deities. You know, there's tons of books and practices that are a good starting point, but I think it's super important to have your own personal practice and and music is such a powerful tool for anyone because that's your that's authenticity music you can only you only possess your voice no one else possesses your voice so that's one of the most genuine ways that you can connect with the deity and i started playing guitar as well so that i'm able to you know further my my work with kali and i'm able to connect with her even more with now using an instrument to amplify my voice so it's really what calls to you um but yeah i hope people can can start developing relationships with deities um Mm -hmm. to help them along their transition
1: i just love this so much because i just started working with deities so intimately last year of like calling in Saraswati, calling in Lakshmi, calling in Kuan Yin. Like we all have these spirit guides that are constantly guiding us, constantly. We're so yeah. so beyond guided and supported by other realms that we don't realize. And I love that, that you're speaking onto this and grounding it into personal practices that you do because somebody is going to listen to this and be like, Oh my gosh, no wonder why I've been feeling this presence or maybe even seeing Kali Ma sometimes. Like, I definitely Mm -hmm. see Kali Ma. She pops up for me randomly. Whenever I'm out, I see like photos of her. I see someone has like something with her on it. And I'm like, oh, she's here with me. She's here, like helping me transmute and transform. And yeah, it's so powerful having these really personal practices. And developing those relationships with these deities, I think you make such a great point at like not forcing relationships. Like no one wants a relationship that's forced on them, <laughs> you know? So it's exactly. the same with these spirit guides. It's like, let them come to you and they will truly. And offering yourself up as like, I'm open. I'm open hearted. I'm open minded to the guidance that's already here for me. And that's a really beautiful.
0: Exactly. An important note is to never work with deities or work with, you know, spiritual the spiritual realm from a place of fear. Never, try and never tap into that frequency of fear. Be confident in yourself as a divine, spiritual, beautiful being. If you come from a place of fear, that's when things can go, you know, a little left, just Always be confident in your own divinity when working with deities.
1: Mm, I love that so much. And this really transitions me into this next question of how did spirituality come into your life? How did you begin to work with these deities and understand all of these energies?
0: That's such a great question because my transition Parallels my spiritual journey. So I started transitioning, I think, less than two years ago. I think it's only been a year and a half, which is so crazy. Time flies. (laughs) Right, right. Especially when you start living your truth, it's just like, Mm. how have I not been this? You know, like. Yes. But to begin my story, I started transitioning. Um, summer of 2020 so in the middle of the pandemic I had just graduated college I got my bachelor's in fashion design and I was like really in a dark place like most of the world was because of the, the, the pandemic and anyways I reconnected with an old friend of mine from high school and we did some shrooms and it sounds so cliche to be like, oh, shrooms was like the start of my spiritual journey or shrooms is what well, <laughs> awakens me. But it was really that for me, you know, like I did a couple grams of, of shrooms and I just had such a deeply spiritual experience. And from that moment on, from that shroom trip on, I realized that I was a woman and I also became vegan. Mm -hmm. So it was such a profound, like life-changing experience for me. And it was really all inner work. Like I was pretty much silent in a meditative state the entire trip. I was just feeling the energies connecting with my higher self, connecting with myself on a soul level. And I just felt like my, that shroom trip just unlocked a level of consciousness in me that I never had before. Um, so from that point on, you know, I started reading a lot of spiritual books. I started diving into spirituality and really getting into that. I started, you know, taking estrogen and testosterone blockers. I started eating, um, a lot more plants, a lot more healthy and really putting a lot of attention to the food that I was putting in my body. Um, pass forward a couple months, I entered my first relationship and. It was, he was a mirror for me. His birthday was the day before mine. We were literally born 12 hours apart. And he was a complete mirror for me. When the relationship ended, it was it was really hot on me. But because it triggered so many other things, um, so many other traumatic events that I've been through, like as a teenager, as a child, that I never dealt with, that were so deeply suppressed in me it really triggered all these feelings to resurface. And I was just a complete wreck. Like I was a wreck. It was like years and years of trauma that just arose and was triggered by the breakup that it would just all came coming out. It just all would just burst out. Mm -hmm. So I, my friend, her mom passed and she went to Soul Circle, which is where we met to do ayahuasca. And she recommended it to me. So I went. And that like was life-changing. That was completely life-changing. I felt like it really helped me with my PTSD. It really helped me with my borderline personality disorder. It really just helped me in so many ways. It, It was so healing. And then I felt, that's when I felt my connection with Kali and Ganesha. And those are the two deities that I'm most connected with. And I felt them so strongly during ceremony. And then from that moment on, you know, like continuing to just surround myself with high conscious individuals and just continue, continuing my research, continuing to connect with myself, continuing to just provide my brain with everything it needed to increase its consciousness. I stopped drinking. So I've been sober. I started giving myself plant medicine ceremonies with shrooms. So every weekend I would like lock myself in my room, do shrooms and like sing and to like increase my connection with these deities. And it was a very spiritual practice for me. Um, and then in September, I went back to the retreat. I was there for a month, per, volunteered, did so many more ayahuasca ceremonies. And, and it was just amazing. Ayahuasca really helped align me with my energetic expression. Because before ayahuasca, yeah, I was transitioning, but my family still referred to me as he. They still use my old name. Um, People here and there referred to me as he. At that point, I was just going through so much that I didn't even have like the power. I didn't even care because I couldn't because I just did not have like the emotional capability to like, you know, be like, no, this is who I am. But uh, ayahuasca really empowered me to, to align with my energetic expression in every way that I can. Mm. And 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 that's why it was just so beautiful. From that moment on, I realized, and, and this is something that I am trying to teach trans people. That I think it's so important for trans people to know that once you align with your soul, with your energetic expression, with your spirituality, your physicality does not matter. People will perceive you as your energetic expression once it's powerful enough. It overtakes the physical. You know, like my physicality didn't change in the two weeks that I was in Costa Rica doing ayahuasca. But when I came back, everyone referred to me as she. Everyone referred to me by Kenna. you know, I was a woman because my energetic expression was so powerful that no one could see me as anything other than a woman regardless of of my physical body and my and my physical expression, if you get what I'm saying.
1: Totally. And I just love that so much is like when you begin to align internally with your soul expression and your truth, your soul thentic truth, then the physical world, the 3D realm, does not matter. Wow.
0: Exactly, exactly, exactly. You put it, you put it into words perfectly. Words like once your energetic expression becomes strong enough, it becomes aligned enough, the, the physical doesn't matter. People will perceive you because everything's energy, right? So people will start to perceive you as your energetic expression regardless of your physicality because everything is energy they don't it's it, and it's also like on a subconscious level like they don't even realize you know what i'm saying because you you're just putting forth like me personally i'm just putting forth such strong feminine energy that it's like anyone who looks at me and sees me and actually you know sees me as a human being they're never going to refer to me as he him like a stranger on the street you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah that's so powerful what you're speaking into and it sounds like plant medicine has really been a tool for your healing and unpeeling the layers of trauma I think that's the first thing that I'm really seeing is like unblocking all of these stories in the societal programming that has really taken you away from your soul expression right and yeah it seems like taking magic mushrooms taking shrooms like taking ayahuasca have been those tools and also working with these deities to like unfold you like a lotus flower which is like so beautiful
0: yes And, and singing and and music in general like playing the guitar like I'm pretty good at the guitar now you know like and my and my voice has has really developed and my voice has developed so much and it's like it's music is so powerful Mm -hmm. music is so powerful and I think anyone can benefit from learning an instrument Mm -hmm.
1: yeah I definitely resonate with you I mean I've been learning guitar on and off for like three or four years and I go in these like modes with it where I'm like not playing it at all and then I'm like super deep into playing it and developing a relationship and singing and Mm -hmm. writing music and that's where i'm at right now where i'm allowing this instrument to transform me and getting deeper into like what i want to express what's the truth that's coming out of me through this instrument and if you want to think about it as us being instruments of the divine we are essentially vessels for consciousness to express itself Right. And at the same time, we can then use an instrument to express our divinity.
0: Exactly. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that just gives me so many chills because I was just talking about this earlier today that, you know, we're so... Program to think. Okay, what's my dream? What do I want to create? Like, what is my one sole purpose to do? And it's like you are so multidimensional. You have so Mm -hmm. many different streams that you can go into, and allowing that path to transform you. And it's about becoming curious, right? Becoming curious of, well, what is it like to use my voice? What is it like to play an instrument? What is it like to be vegan or to like? try out these different ways to like dress or to move my body it's really coming into that truth like your soul is constantly sending you these messages through your intuition through feelings through people as mirrors and it's about listening like what is that deep listening like for you exactly exactly yeah i just love that so much and it really sounds like yeah as you are coming more into who you really are and your soul expression people begin to like feel your truth and you no longer are are accepting anything else exactly
0: exactly
1: and so we're really emphasizing here the power of transformation the power of discovering yourself the power of really Going deep with yourself and asking yourself these questions of like, who do I really, who do I feel like I am inside? And what are these different layers of things that are serving me? What is not serving me anymore? And where can you be in a supportive environment for you to go through that transformation? Because it sounds like to me as well, you surrounded yourself around other high conscious people and the ayahuasca centers and plant medicine. I mean, also calling in the deities. Like you were completely surrounding yourself by community, not on the physical plane, but also on the soul realm and like on the spirit realm, you know? So I love that. I love that. And
0: hundred percent. A hundred percent. And like, so I think one of my... um one of my paths in life, and what was this, one of the things that I'm supposed to do here, is that I feel like the collective uh, of trans people in general are so focused on transition and transitioning physically. So there's so many negative stereotypes when it comes to trans women that they have like so much work done, and and like that's what the media portrays, where it's like trans women that get every type of surgery to change their physical and and i want to teach trans people that you don't need to do that you know like they there's a narrative that like the trans people say that you were born in the wrong body and i disagree with that in every way and and that might be a controversial opinion but but that's my truth i don't believe i was born in the wrong body i was born in the right body my soul chose this body for so many reasons to teach me so many things um and and to help elevate the consciousness of people this body was chosen by me for me so i will never say that i was born in the right body i i love my body and i have realized that once you're spiritually aligned people will perceive you as your energetic expression i don't need to change my physical I don't need to do all these surgeries. I don't need to completely morph my body into something that my soul did not choose when I was born. And I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with surgeries at all. If that's your path, that's your path. But you don't, it, it's not necessary to be a woman. That's what I'm trying to say. The physical is not necessary to be a woman. You know, women are so much more than their bodies, women are so much more than than their bodies and reducing women to their bodies is so harmful to, to yourself and to the con the collective in general. So it's like teach society that you can be a woman with the body that you were born with, you know, teach society that you can be a woman with a dick.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, I just love that you're speaking onto this, that women are so much more than their bodies. And yes, our society is so focused on the physical realm. And I truly feel like that's changing with people becoming more spiritual, people tapping into energy. And yeah, and I really feel that you are this pioneer. You are really meant to hold this shift in consciousness of how people understand themselves how people understand their bodies how people understand their sexuality and truly like that really is something I'm so excited for to hear more about from you and you know I want to ask you this is a great transition into what does transgender reality mean to you and why is that different from cisgendered spirituality?
0: Different because there's so much research and so much resources and so much knowledge regarding cisgender bodies. Um, there's so much like information regarding like, your spiritual body um, as a cisgendered woman, as a cisgendered man but is there's not a lot of resources or information when it comes to our spiritual bodies as as trans people so one of the things that like it, it, i have so many questions and i'm trying to develop a community of like spiritual trans people and connect with my higher self and connect with these deities in order to like get these answers like for example a topic that i talked about on my tiktok and for anyone who wants to follow me my tiktok is kenastral so k-e-n-n-a-s-t-r-a-l and i talk a lot about these issues and i'm slowly developing a community onto there but one of the topics that I talked about was womb healing for trans women and it's not talked about at all and it's so important for us to heal that space in our bodies to heal our energetic wombs because we basically like I'm infertile you know because I'm taking estrogen I've become infertile and we've had these discussions and I want to get you in here as like a Chinese medicine practitioner in in a second But as, you know, it's so important to us for us to heal our wounds because we essentially sacrifice our fertility to align with our path. And and just think about that, that statement for a second. We sacrificed our fertility to align with our energetic expression. Like that is just so mind blowing. And I realized that there's just so much work that I needed to do in my womb because that was not something I ever dealt with. That is not something I ever thought about. That was not even, you know, transitioning, taking estrogen for me was never an option. I had to do it. So I never even thought that deeply about what losing the ability to give life would do to me. And it's, it's not about being able to have children. It's about not being able to create life, losing that, not losing it, sacrificing that, sacrificing that to align with my path. And, And then that brings me to another topic where we talked about, and I want you to chime in here was that like, since I'm dry, since I'm infertile, I don't ejaculate, you know, the, the relation between sperm retention and she, you know, so many people are celibate to, to hold to their life force energy. So since I don't ejaculate during sex, since I don't give out any, anything, you know what I'm saying? Am I, am I still giving out my, my life force energy when I orgasm? And I think you had a good um you had a good reference to this in terms of Chinese medicine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember us having this conversation. We were at the pool and just like really getting deep into like sexuality and what that means and how our bodies use that energy and like dance energy and how it moves. And so I love that you bring this up and that you're tying it back into. Um, how to understand your body from a Chinese medical perspective. First of all, I just want to honor you for just sharing your path because healing energetic wombs, yes, uh, yes. And we have to understand that this is not just, I love that you speak onto this. You highlight such a great point is that it's not just for cisgendered women, right? Of course, yes, physically, but on a spiritual energetic level, People have this energy center. Everyone has a sacral center. Everyone has a root chakra, right? So we're all connected to this energetic womb of the mother, which is the mother earth, that we all have. Cisgendered men, all people as well, everybody, right? So healing that is extremely important. Also highlighting that you sacrificed your fertility, your ability to create life to align with your energetic expression like that is the most powerful thing I, I think I've heard anyone say in a very long time so thank you for thank you for sharing that <laughs> because I'm sure so many people can resonate you know that's a deep fear for so many people is that they're they're afraid of not being fertile I mean people spend thousands millions of dollars to have children you know to like take care of their reproductive system and by you saying like, yes, I had to choose this path it's so powerful and potent. And so I just want to thank you for that. And yeah, to speak onto this, the sperm retention and, you know, for a cisgendered male or for, you know, actually anyone that has a penis and ejaculates and they release. And so Essentially, what we call that fluid, so there's all of these fluids in our body, you know, it's our blood, it's our, um, our sweat, all of these different fluids in our body serve a purpose. And some of them are more important as others. I mean, they all have a role, right? Everything has a role in its body. But when we're talking about the reproductive system, we're specifically talking about the kidneys and the kidney essence, or what they call a jing in Chinese medicine, and the Jing is one of the most important fluids in our body. In fact, that when we lose Jing over time, that leads to aging, right? It leads to erectile dysfunction and early signs of aging, and you know different different aging um, symptoms, right? That that commonly shared in uh, biomedicine, and so. When we talk about ejaculation as a way of losing the loss of chi, the loss of essence, what we're saying is that you're expending a little bit of your chi every single time you have an orgasm. And in fact, it is important for the body to have an orgasm. Not saying that you shouldn't do this because it is in our complete birthright to have sex and to enjoy like sex and for what it is and to have orgasms. I mean, come on. (laughs) But what I'm saying is that there is a shift when our bodies are not able to release on the physical realm, right? Release that fluid of Jing. In fact, I would say that from a Chinese medical perspective, that energy goes into a different area of the body or when someone is practicing sperm retention they're not releasing right instead they're allowing that chi to go back into their body and recycling that energy so it becomes instead something that's just expended it becomes something that is create a creative force in their body and they can send it to different areas of their body. It can give them energy throughout the day. It's really a powerful, magical elixir, I would say. That's like the best way to describe it because you can use that energy. I mean, women as as well. I mean, um, you know, speaking from a cisgendered woman's perspective, it's you can also use that energy when you're having an orgasm to like recycle that through your body, and so when there is nothing being ejaculated, that energy is actually going back into the body, almost like a a natural cycle because our bodies are so incredibly responsive and adaptive and are incredible uh, forces of nature that it can create a new pathway of bringing that chi back into your body and, and just inherently bringing it to other places, which I believe is a superpower
0: exactly like and, and that could be like the reason why you see in a history how native americans like held two-spirited people in such high regard and throughout all different cultures you see that like trans people were were very spiritually powerful and had these spiritual gifts and held like really high respected positions in spiritual communities and any spiritual culture for the most part in history before colonization completely like respected and held trans people in high in high regards and perhaps like that chi like allows us connects us with our spiritual bodies more like there needs to be so much more research and connection into this topic but that's like what I want the type of things that I want to dive into you know
1: oh I love that so much yes there's so much opportunity and potential to understand deeper about ourselves through this and I just want to say thank you for just bringing that in because this is something that we need to to really speak on, like, how does Western medicine serve and is accessible to all? How can we understand these practices for trans people, trans women, trans men? And I think you spoke a little bit on that with the translating Tantra practices, right? And how you're beginning to do that. I love that so much because, you know, we have essentially subscribed to systems that are not inclusive and in fact it's it's fairly new there's not much research on it so it's time it's really time to dive in and I love that you're really speaking onto this and you're opening the conversation for this to happen because if no one spoke about it right if we're consistently and just allowing ourselves to be oppressed then it's never going to change right these systems are never going to change without us highlighting and calling it out and and asking the questions. So yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah. And, and that's like, when I, you know, refer to myself as a pioneer for transgender spirituality, like that's exactly what, what I mean and the things that I'm trying to accomplish and what I'm trying to do. Cause if you think about it, like we lost a whole generation uh, of trans people to the HIV AIDS um pandemic you know like we lost a whole generation of of people so it's like my generation people my age like we're the ones that are like starting to dive deep into this to these um questions and into our spirituality because the generations before us were just trying to survive (laughs) you know they were survived day by day they did not have the capacity the space or the energy to really dive into these issues and into these topics so that's why I think it's so important for me as a privileged you know trans woman to use my privilege use my time use my space use my energy to really come up with the with the answers to these questions and just create a community where we can ask these questions and come up with the answers together as a community
1: Oh, yes, 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 yes. Something that's coming to me as you're speaking is we're really healing the ancestral collective, right? by you doing this, but you devoting your time, your energy, your chi, your, your courage, you're offering it all up to discovering what this understanding and the shift of consciousness is, you're really healing many wounds of people before you who were just in the mindset of survival. We're just in the mindset of, I need to survive. And in fact, they had to fight to just even exist, right? To be in their existence. And I just, yeah, I feel so strongly about that because I'm also from a family that, you know, they were refugees coming from Vietnam into the States and had to be in this mode of survival. And it's like they didn't have the space to really explore what their soul expression really is and to build out communities to help other people. I mean, you know, I really see this as something that I've learned recently is that (laughs) <laughs> it's funny that this is coming in the monarch butterfly. So I, I started doing a lot of research on the monarch butterfly and i have such a deep connection with just the spirit of that animal. And the monarch butterfly goes on these migrations from the North to the South every year. And they lay their eggs. They do what they need to do um, to really like fulfill what they're, Their mission is as being a butterfly and every single year they have and they pass on the knowledge and the wisdom to the next generation so that way the next generation is born with almost as like a super generation to continue on this life cycle and keep passing on the wisdom and the knowledge and the, the magnetic energy of that lineage and so we are just the same, right? We're just like the, the same, like healing these, these collective wounds, right? The, the oppressive systematic um, shutdown of, you know, all people <laughs> essentially. Yeah.
0: Well, also ancestral Ooh. curses, ancestral yes. generations. Yeah, curses yeah, definitely.
1: And, and I just want to honor that in you speaking on this, because your soul chose this, right? Your soul chose to make this contract and saying, "I will shift the consciousness on how people understand trans, trans people." Yes.
0: yes. Oh, I just' <laughs> it's got so powerful. Thumbs. When you
1: really <laughs> step into your soul expression, when you really step in your soul authenticity, you begin to really align with the opportunities, the people, the healing that needs to take place in order for you to help other people. And now you're in this place of, okay, let me ask questions. Let me understand myself deeper. Let me understand how I can help people. And I'm so excited how this is gonna develop for you. And so what are the next couple projects that you're really wanting to dive into with this realm of spirituality? Oh,
0: thank you for asking. So I actually just published, a ceremony journal which uh, I just ordered author copies so as soon as I get those approve those like it's all set I'm gonna start um, promoting it but I created the ceremony journal basically because throughout my spirituality you know I'm partaking in so many different ceremonies like ayahuasca ceremonies mushroom ceremonies working with deities reiki healing circles combo ceremonies like I'm doing so much intense spiritual work And it it was getting lost because, you know, when you do when you partake in these ceremonies, intention setting and integration are like half of the work. And I was getting so overwhelmed with doing all of this work and not, you know, taking the time to integrate every experience and set an intention beforehand as well, that I felt like I wasn't getting the most out of my experiences. So I created this ceremony journal as super high frequency, I u- utilize sacred geometry all throughout. Um, I have an intention setting um guide as lo- along with some questions. I have an integration guide along with some questions, and then I have a ceremony log where you can you know log every ceremony that you partake in, and then you can you know journal it, write about it, do all of that work, and then you can always come back to it as a reference. And I really, I made it really for myself (laughs) because I felt like that was exactly like something that I needed and wish I had when I first um, went to my first ayahuasca ceremony. So I I hope other people, it like resonates with other people as well. Um, So that's one of my projects. And I think since that's finished, I just have to market it. I really am feeling called to, to really focus on TikTok, which is funny, but I'm pushing out a lot of content on TikTok and I'm slowly creating a community of, a queer community where a queer community of queer spirituality, you know? And I think that's amazing where we talk about these queer issues. Yeah, and like queer spirituality and all that. So like, I'm, you know, developing that community. And and then I think after that, I really want to start, Kali is I feel like she's pushing me to to utilize her to to write that book and translate these ancient tantric practices for for trans people and and queer people and do it use using language that doesn't isolate us and doesn't feel like it outcasts us and making it um, accessible to to everyone, regardless of your gender expression. So,
1: (laughs) yes, Uh, everything you're saying, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. That's so beautiful. I love all these projects that you're doing and you're diving into. I definitely, yeah, the book is going to be so powerful and I can't wait to have you on the podcast again to speak about it. And yes, and I just want to ask you, you know, how can, you know, we as you know just the all-encompassing general population how can we support this mission
0: I think it's just really just educating yourselves on these these topics and these issues because it's a collective issue it's just not it's not just a queer issue it's a collective consciousness issues of not seeing us as as equals so I think that's the most important step see us as equals. see us as completely whole in our gender expressions and, and support us, you know, like buy my projects, you know, buy my ceremony journal, utilize it, buy my book, utilize it, like my post on TikTok where I'm talking about these issues, comment and just little things like that, you know, are, will go such a long help to helping me reach this, reach the people who need this.
1: And would you recommend any resources, like anything that someone can use if they want to further educate themselves?
0: I I think, honestly, TikTok is a great resource, at least for me. There's a ton of trans women creators on there that speak about these issues. Um, There's a trans man that I've recently connected with on the app and his platform, like he creates content that is really spiritually powerful and it's so deep and i think um you know just doing research also like watching certain tv shows like pose is like a great i guess like pop culture like way to like start you know integrating yourself into I think that's a great reference for like beginners, you know, to just get an idea of the daily struggles and like the history of like trans people especially in this country. I think that's a great like pop culture reference that you can use. Um and and just having friends that that are queer, just have friends that are queer. You know what I'm saying? Like I think that's the best way.
1: Mm, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, and so just to come to a close, how can people reach out to you? I know you spoke a little bit about your TikTok. And are there any other ways that people can reach out and possibly even work with you and find your journals?
0: Yes, yeah, so my TikTok is Kenastral, K-E-N-N-A-S-T-R A L. So like Kenna and Astral put together. And then my Instagram is KennaKeef, K-E-N-N-A-K-I-E-F. And those are my two main platforms. I answer all DMs, all questions, um, all comments. So feel free to reach me out on either of those. And that's where I'll be mostly promoting my my projects and my work. And if you also want to follow me on Twitter, it's the same handle as my TikTok.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Kana Keefe. I love you. And yes, you're such a queen. And I know you're just going to inspire so many people with this conversation. So I just want to thank you for coming on. And yeah, you're definitely going to be coming on again. I already know it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lynn. Thank you so much for holding this space for me, creating this platform for me to be able to share my story and speak about this. Um, I think you're doing amazing, great work as well. And I'm so proud of you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. All right. Well, thank you everyone who joined us until next time.